This episode is brought to you by Novilla Mattresses. I consider Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory to be my arch nemesis. Even though I say this, I know we have one thing in common. That is, we both have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning. For Grandpa Joe, that's because he is a bad person. For me, it's because I sleep on a mattress made by Novilla, today's sponsor. Meet their Bliss Organic Memory Foam Mattress. Perfect for those who want a cool, dry, undisturbed sleep throughout the night made with organic bamboo charcoal fiber, excellent motion isolation, cooling gel-infused memory foam that fits all bed frames and is reasonably priced between $179 and $369. Perfect for if you want an inexpensive mattress for you, your children, or even for your guest room. Like I said, I personally sleep on a Novilla mattress, and it has done wonders for me. Throw out that cheap Walmart mattress you got in college and get yourself a mattress made by Novilla. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% on any purchase through Novilla directly. Become just like Grandpa Joe on a Novilla mattress today. Again, that's 10% off using promo code SHWEEZY. A reminder, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Hello, my fellow Schwulk Lords, and what is going on today, morning, evening, night, middle of the night, middle of the day, could be the middle of the day, could be anything where you are. Welcome to yet another episode, one of our best episodes we've ever made, of Cancel Sweezy, better known as the Lord's trademark favorite podcast. Welcome to the show today. Uh, Like I said, it's going to be our best episode ever because it's the Lord's trademark favorite podcast. That's my hole. That's where it's been. And welcome, one and all, to see what we have in store for you today because we got a lot in store for you today. I'm telling you folks right now, uh, we have a lot of cool things uh, that we're going to talk about. And I mean, like every week, having something we want to talk about, this week we have a lot to talk about, a lot of cool cool-ass shit to talk about, as some would say. Uh, Cancel Shweezy is the podcast that the girls, all the bad guys, won. Yep, that's right. Did I quote Bowling for Soup? Yes, I absolutely did. And you can, too, by following these five steps to making yourself uh, a better human, at least in, uh, at least in my world. You can be a better human being, being in my world. So welcome, uh, yeah, like I said, welcome to the show today. I think I need to scoot over a little bit for the green screen. Uh, but welcome to the show today. Um, first and foremost, do you know I make music? That's cool. I don't just do a podcast. I do make music as well. And you too can go check out my music. It should be under Sweezy everywhere. That should be Spotify. Yep, we are still on Spotify. Haven't joined, I have, haven't, I crossed the picket line to keep my music on Spotify. Uh, for those of you who still check out your music on Spotify, uh, also we have uh, we also have uh, music on Apple Music, which is what I use. We got uh, title; it's on title as well. Deezer, YouTube, Amazon, you name it. I'm, my music is on there. Uh, it's like podcasting platforms. Uh, we try to be everywhere. Um, Everywhere that we can be a podcast, we try to be uh, on there with you today, folks. So, um, you know, 
Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. We try not to be stingy here over at Cancel Sweezy. Schwoke Media, I believe, is our conglomerate name that we have for our uh, for our for for at least my media group or whatever I have here. But no, I think uh, yeah. If you're not checking out my music, what the hell are you doing with your life? <laughs> Come on. What? Yeah, exactly. What are you doing with your life? Um, you also have. Uh, my social media there's at the Sweezy everywhere so if you are on the tiktok you need to go check out uh at the Sweezy because i post on tiktok i do try to keep uh keep up with my tiktok posts i don't try to skip days i at least get one post in a day but uh, i'm trying to keep up there so don't be stingy there um and uh go and check out uh the uh the the Sweezy tiktok page you can find me on twitter instagram as well and you can also see me uh on what else can you see me on you can see me on facebook too and along with the shweezy cancel shweezy facebook page there is also the shweezy live facebook page which is still new well still we are still trying to infiltrate the algorithms over there but that is my new one-stop shop for you to go check out my streams i've been doing a lot of game streams right now i'm in uh working on thinking about ideas for other types of streams I can do, uh, maybe produce music and stuff like that. I don't know. You know, the, the world is my oyster and, uh, I'm not a fan of oysters. So, um, there's a lot to think about there. So go check it out. Go give me a follow over there on a Shweezy live. Uh, believe, uh, I do play a lot of video games. I am going to start Majora's mask an N64 game, uh, that I will be playing for you, that I will be playing my Nintendo Switch, because I just added it to Switch Online, so you don't want to miss me playing that, and you don't want to miss, and you don't want to miss a thing, so that's, you know, it's just, uh, that's how pretty it is. Pretty bold of you little fucks to assume that I'm not God. Yeah, that is pretty bold for you to assume that I'm not God. Um, so yeah, go check me out there. Uh, one thing you can do is you can financially support the show as well. That is why we have a Patreon page. Our Patreon page is the one place that you can go ahead and say, thank you for being a friend. Travel down this road back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. And uh, that that's definitely somewhere you don't want to be stingy. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. So definitely go check out our Patreon page there. Link in the description for those of you who didn't know that. Um, but there's also a ton of free shit you can do. Free shit, like I'm going to tell you, you can do. Um, if you're watching the show on YouTube <clears throat> or you're about to watch some highlights as well or you came here from a highlight and you wanted to check out a full episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you get notified when we upload our highlights, our full episodes, and anything and everything in between there. So that that's something great. So you don't want to touch your dial the dials there. Um, you can also like any highlights or episodes that you particularly like, and uh, you can share them with your friends. I know uh, with podcasts, it is kind of weird to like you know if you're trying to suggest a podcast to a friend, and this is just from me. And, and usually it is cancel Sweezy, but there is other other podcasts I do listen to. And you know when you you there's a podcast you like and you want your friend to go check it out as well. Um, it's hard to be like, go check out this episode because, um, drop me into an episode and you're kind of missing out on some things. So, uh, that's why I always think highlights on a podcast, especially our ones on YouTube are a great way to share those with your friends. That way if you have a friend, you want to get into cancel Sweezy, uh, because sharing is caring. That's how you support creators, folks. You share, uh, share their create, create creations that's the word uh so you know you share the highlights and then they watch it and then you know maybe they 
they are like, oh, I really like this. I'm going to watch another one, another one. And that's how, that's how we get our word out from word of mouth. That's a marketing term, uh, word of mouth. That is the marketing term that you learned today, word of mouth. So congratulations. You did learn something today. Proud of you. Proud of all of you. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you're an audio only listener, obviously sharing, sharing, you can do the same thing. I just think it'd be a little bit easier to share the highlights, but that's just me. If I was doing that, you can also, uh, make sure you smash that subscribe button as well. That way you get notified, at least on the audio platform. I know some of you commute to work and I know some of you work uh, jobs, date entry or some bullshit like that, where you have to, I'm not calling your job bullshit for a while. Um, you have a job that, uh, you know, you, you know, you need music or podcasts to listen to to help you get through the day, and that's what I'm here to do. This is the whole purpose of a podcast, to do that. So, um, obviously, when you subscribe to that, you get notified when you get new episodes. Um, another thing that you don't think would help, but actually does help a lot, is leaving a review and leaving us a star rating of 54321. Even if you don't like the show, but you still want to help out <laughs> for some reason, you can always just leave that highlight and... Uh, uh, leave that and leave a review. Let, let us know what we're doing. And, uh, uh, just great, great way to say thank you for being a friend. Um, because it is still February, uh, when I'm recording this, actually, this is the last day of February I'm recording this. Uh, so this is the last day I get to, it's going to be irrelevant when the episode comes out, but the last day I'm going to get to do this. So, yeah, that's a great way to, that's, that's what you need to do to celebrate Black History Month. Subscribe to Cancel Sweezy. That's how, that's what you need to do. So, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna take a little sippy sip of the Diet Coke. I'm gonna try to, like, make sure it gets into the green screen. <sighs> Let's get into previous week right now. Previous week right now is all the news going around in the world. I know the world is on fire or at least one country is on fire, and we do have something about that country coming up, um, about said country coming up. I think we're still in, like, the first ten minutes of the show, so we gotta we still got to be, be clean. Um, even though I've never done that. Um, we, uh, but, uh, you know, you, you see everything from the news right now, but what do you, what do you believe is important? I'm not saying that other news isn't real or matters, but I, what I'm telling you is the news that we're going to go over right now is the most important. So that's why we call it previous week right now, because we're going over the previous week and we're going to be doing it right now. Uh, so without that being said, Philip DeFranco would say. Let's just jump into it. So um, this is from WTVO Channel 17, WQRF Fox 39. Uh, mystateline.com this company needs to get their uh, their lives figured out um, but here's the article we have woman quits job to breastfeed boyfriend full time folks it gets better from here okay I just I, I know I know I know you're I know we're we're barely into this show and you we're woman quits job to breastfeed boyfriend full time I know I know I know what this is I know what this is we have to go over this this is important. Like I said, this is this is important content that we have to go over. Okay, uh, this this is important. Um, out of this, and this is out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, for those of you who wanted to know that, um, 
A woman in Atlanta says she has put has quit her job in order to pump enough breast milk to feed her bodybuilding boyfriend every two hours. According to The Sun, Jennifer Mulford left her job as a bartender so she could produce enough milk for her boyfriend, Brad Leeson, full-time. Mulford says she was single when she found a website about adult breastfeeding relationships, ABR. I have always enjoyed my breast being touched during sex more than anything else, so I knew I would enjoy it, she told The Sun. I used dating sites, put messages on ABR forums, and even put an advert on Craigslist, but I drew a blank. I started to think I'd never get to try adult breastfeeding. Eventually, she started take talking with Leeson, a former school boyfriend. I thought it was the perfect time to bring up adult breastfeeding and see if he'd be interested, Mulford said. Mulford, 36, gave birth to her daughter 20 years ago and said she'd had to dry breastfeed Leeson every two hours and use a breast pump to fool her body into lactating. I've taken a break from my job because I want to devote everything to making this work, she said. Mulford said she believes adult breastfeeding will create a magical bond between them and Leeson, meanwhile, hopes nursing will give his body health benefits. However, critics on social media have criticized the pair for sexual breastfeeding. It's idiots like these two that are making it difficult for breastfeeding mothers to do so publicly without shame or ridicule. They are only increasing the sexualization of breastfeeding. There are no medical benefits for adults to consume breast milk. Breast milk is for babies, one woman wrote on Facebook. Um, I don't know what we're all thinking. I'm thinking the same thing, folks. I just read that. I, You just listen to me talk about it. You listen to me read it. I actually read it, okay? Um, and I know what you're thinking. What? Um, yeah. Uh, so, a lot of things. A lot of things we, we can talk about here. Um, first of all, um, we need to stop with, like, the idea of breastfeeding in public. You know, like, who gives a shit? It's not, it's not, I mean, before we get into this article, it's not, it's not sexual at all. Breastfeeding is not a sexual act. Someone, a chick pulled out her tits for a baby to suck on. It's not sexual. It's we've all done it. Hopefully, uh, maybe there's one guy out there who didn't get breastfed, and he's the weirdo. He's a weirdo. Um, but we've all breastfed. I apparently never used a bottle. I'm I'm that into the titties. Apparently, according to my mother, um, that's too much information for me to be bringing up on a public platform. I am just now aware of that. Will I edit it out? Nope. Sounds like too much work. Um. So yeah, we need to stop with the whole like breastfeeding in public debate. It's okay to, to breastfeed in public. And I'm going to be honest, I've never been turned on by a woman breastfeeding. I'm going to be honest with you all right now. Never been turned on by that. I've also, um, never felt comfortable looking a woman in the eyes while she's breastfeeding. That's also something that makes me uncomfortable. So I won't be doing that either. So, um, miss me with that bullshit. Um, more here, um, how, so, I don't, I don't, I'm gonna be just, I'm, I'm raw, I'm raw and intentional, uh, coming into this, uh, I don't know a lot about how breast milk works, I, I don't, I know, like, you get pregnant, it shows up, you can do it for a while, and then at some point, it stops, like I said, I don't know how it works, like I said, I don't have a woman's body, um, if it's a man's body, I can give you some explanation on some things, but I don't know a lot about, that's why I don't get why men want to control, like, you know, it's like my, you know, it's like 
uh, men want to control women's health care because we don't know. I, we also don't care that much either. That's, that's another thing. Like, it's like men shouldn't control women's bodies. Yeah. Shouldn't make laws about women's bodies. And I'm like, yeah, because we don't care. And that's the thing. If you don't care about something, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing that. Um, anyways though. So, um, let's just break it down. Let's just break down the article here, folks. Um, breastfeed her bodybuilding boyfriend every two hours. So she left her job as a bartender so she could produce enough milk for her boyfriend. So she has to pump breast milk every two hours. But so she's pumping. Um, I've, I'm really just making myself look like an idiot here. Um, but it sounds like he's also stuck in it straight from the tit too. Um, yeah, so... Um, a lot, a lot of things here. I mean, I don't know. How do you, how is this like a full, how is breastfeeding a full-time thing? And she doing it to, for sex? And it's sexual to her too? I use dating site. She, ABR, and that's the problem here. Breast, adult breastfeeding relationships, do we have to have a name for it? Like, why... It's like in new relationship energy for poly people. It's like got that NRE. Yeah, I'm an ABR. Uh, I'm into ABR. It's like now, now, now we've just gotten ridiculous here. We have a name for it. And it's a sex. I've always enjoyed my breast being touched during sex more than anything else. So I knew I didn't enjoy. Okay. But like, I don't, I think, you know, I think I'm trying to overclock my brain right now. If you really don't know about computers, overclocking is basically getting your computer to do more than its tech and then its technical specs allow you to. And that's called overclocking. Could be a little bit more to that. I'm not a genius. I just know a little bit about computers. I, I think I'm trying to overclock my brain right now, trying to wrap my brain around this. Um, just trying to wrap my brain around what's going on. You know, I don't, I think the human brain can only go so far. And I think I'm, Reach. I've been reaching the this this podcast. I am reaching the very limits of what my brain is capable of interpreting and processing. And I think we've reached an end of how far my brain can do with adult breastfeeding. I think that is as far as my brain is willing to go. Um, in regards to this, I don't even know if I made any good points here today. Um, but uh, adult breastfeeding. Um, don't do that. There's no, there's no real benefit. If it's a sex thing, okay, don't talk. Don't, I don't want to hear about it. Okay. If you like, if you like your breast getting sucked, milk, breast beating, okay. And if you're a guy into breast milk, I don't want to hear about that either. Okay. I, I don't want to hear about this. Okay. I think, I think my brain, why did we start off with this article? Why now I have to, next article is about Ukraine and, uh, I have to do that. Okay. Okay, well, let's just, let, we're moving on. Okay, let's let's talk about fucking world politics. <sighs> Straight out of Newsweek, um, CNN slammed for airing Applebee's ad after Ukraine sirens heard in footage. That's rough, buddy. Uh, CNN was slammed online on Thursday for placing an Applebee's ad in a spot that was aired right after a news segment that included the sounds of sirens going off in Ukraine during Russia's invasion of the country. Uh, the network was airing footage showing parts of the capital of Kiev. I think I'm saying, I think it's Kiev. 
um, with sirens heard in the background for a cut to a commercial for Applebee's. The placement and the, of the ad immediately after the footage was criticized on social media as Applebee's became a trending topic on Twitter. Uh, the sharp comments seen online follow Russian President Vladimir Putin's decision to launch a special military operation to demilitarize and denazify uh, Ukraine. Shortly after his announcement of the attack late Wednesday night, Ukrainian authorities reported missile strikes across the country in Russian ground and air forces were seen moving into territories controlled by the government in Kiev. Uh, hundreds of casualties were reported after the first missile hit Ukraine, according to an Interior Ministry source. Uh, multiple Twitter users shared a clip showing CNN cutting to the Applebee's ad and blasted the network for transitioning to a commercial with upbeat music and for cutting to it so quickly. Russia invades Ukraine, brought to you by Applebee's, wrote one person on Twitter. Scott Whitlock, research director at the Content Analysis Group Media Research Center, tweeted, Really, CNN? There's the thing called tone intact. Look it up, because your blending of commercials and all hell breaking out in Europe isn't working. Another person tweeted, This was just a tough transition for CNN and Applebee's here. Can't say the Zach Brown band loved this one. Death from the skies. Sponsored by Applebee's, a tweet read. A friend once yelled the opening lyrics of Smash Mouth's All-Star in a movie theater during a silent moment in a dramatic movie as a dare. This is worse than that moment. Read another tweet that criticized the commercial's placement and timing. Squeeze back ad advertisements have been removed from the Ukraine-Russia coverage. A CNN spokesperson told Newsweek on Thursday afternoon without providing further comment or information. Uh, President Joe Biden announced Thursday that the U.S. and its European allies will launch a new round of sanctions against Russia in response to the invasion. This will include targeting Russia's largest banks and wealthy individuals and isolating the country from the global economy. This is a dangerous moment for all of Europe, Biden said, adding that the decision to invade Ukraine represented a sinister vision uh, for the rest of the world. Biden also said that the U.S. had warned for weeks about a Russian invasion and that the situation in Ukraine is happening according to the predictions. This was never about genuine security concerns of Russia's, Russia's part. Russia's part. It was always about naked aggression, the president said. Joe Biden here, naked aggression. Okay, Joe Biden. Um... Maybe, maybe, maybe we should be supporting Brandon or whatever those people do. Um, anyways, though, uh, I, I've, I've seen the clip. I would, I would play it here, but I will a hundred percent, I will a hundred percent get copyright struck, uh, because of the music and you're like, you can leave the music out. No, the music is everything. It's basically war. Find, find like the like band of brothers, find that documentary and then, little bit of chicken fried, cold beer on a Friday night, pair of jeans will fit just right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bro, like, see, here's the problem. Like, I get people got to get paid, and that's why shows have advertisers, and that's that's why the advertisers are there, folks. It makes sense. However, they there was no transition. It was just war, and then little bit of chicken fried, <laughs> Applebee's, do all you can eat chicken tenders. Like, Jesus. Um, which, it just makes us feel like we're in, like, a dystopian future. Like, this is the, every dystopian future. You know, young adult novels of the 2000 to early 2010s. Dystopian, dystopian novels and stuff like that. And then, uh, we, now we're living it, folks. We, we went, it went from fiction to real life. And, uh, this is it. Uh, The War in Ukraine, brought to you by Applebee's. Uh, like, 
And uh, I think back to Bo Burnham. There it is again. That funny feeling. That funny feeling. So, yep, folks. Uh, I think that's all we're going to be talking about Ukraine today. Um, we we went through all the the correct news of what's what's going on there. Okay. This is from AV Club. Uh, with Hollywood running out of cool toys to make into movies, Jerry Bruckheimer settles for Beyblade. Say what you will about the Transformers movies, at least the toys they're based on make sense as the building blocks of a narrative. They're vehicles that turn into robots. The cars are good guys, and the jets are bad guys. It's clean, it's efficient, and it embraces the long-held animosity between cars and jets. Now, at the risk of over-editorializing in a new story again on the AV Club, the same can't be really said about Hollywood's latest toy acquisition. According to Deadline, Jerry Bruckheimer, of all people, is to produce a live-action movie based on Beyblades, of all things. With writer Neil Widener and Gavin James handling the script, Deadline says the two of them have been attached to a few in the works projects, like a movie based on old DC characters Our Man and another sequel, to now you see me. Uh, as for Beyblade, which is apparently very popular and inspired a cartoon and stuff, it's basically a game where you wind up a little top and drop it into a bowl where it smashes against your opponent's little top until it stops spinning or breaks or falls into a hole. Deadline story notes that some Beyblade include Ultimate Fro Frostic Dancer Spin Dragoon and Saizo, and, the, and that they fight in arenas called Bay Stadiums. Uh, we are also now just realizing that Michael Bay, director of the awful Transformer movies, should be the one taking this on instead of Jerry Bruckheimer. Uh, we could have said more like Michael Beyblade, and it would have been slightly funny. Anyways, any information about the plot is being kept under wraps either so nobody spoils whether or not ultimate frostic dan dranzer ends up being the bad guy or because widener and james haven't decided how to make any of them a bad guy uh, but at least movies about tops are making a big comeback 12 years after inception so um very interesting stuff so i don't know if they're going to base this off of the, there was a Beyblade cartoon, uh, at least when I was a kid, and um, I don't remember that show at all. Um, <coughs> praise God, I don't remember that show at all. Because, um, but I do remember one small moment from the Beyblade show. Um, it's when uh, one of the characters, like, don't ask me the names, I don't fucking know. Um, one of the characters said to the other characters. You don't play Beyblades with your heart. You play Beyblades with your mind. And, you know, in, in when I was a kid, you know, I liked Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And so I just thought it was very edgy stuff. Back Now I look back on that. I was like, what the fuck did you just say? You don't play Beyblades with your heart. You play Beyblades with your mind. I don't think you play Beyblades with either of them. I think you let it rip uh, into the Bay Stadium and you see, watch them attack each other, and, uh, like, gravity is in charge of what happens. Did I have Beyblades when I was a kid? Of course I did. Um, I didn't follow the anime, apparently, very well, and, uh, and me and my friends would just let it rip, and most of us didn't even have, like, the plastic Bay Stadium. We just let it rip in fucking our concrete 
driveways or whatever, you know, we had to be outside because I was still old enough where our parents wanted us outside. And uh, somehow most of us are still alive, which is the biggest surprise out of all of it. Now parents are like, you just, you just stay inside all day. We don't want you getting molested and murdered. Uh, and kids were like, oh, but I guess they'll be fine. I guess we had, they had to play with iPads now and all that shit. So, um, that's what kids are thinking about that now. So, um, I mean, I guess, I don't know. Here's the thing though. When you hear about like a Beyblade movie being produced, the, the first thought that comes to all of our minds is, um, where's that going to go? Um, but I guess they'll figure something out. Uh, they, people in Hollywood are big and, uh, honestly, Christian Beybladers like me will a hundred percent be on board for whatever this movie brings to our, to, to our fandom of the Christian Beyblader scene. So don't be stingy. I like that. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Okay, this one's from Polygon, our last article of the day. Uh, Pokemon fans joke Quaxley is actually Donald Duck. The Pokemon company announced a new Duck Sunday. Well, not just a duck. It announced the next generation of Pokemon. The new game will be called Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. And the... And with the news uh, came new information on the three new starters. Among the new Pokemon is a duck named Quaxley. It's just a duck, but fans online have noticed that Quaxley bears a resemblance to another beloved animated character, Disney's Donald Duck. Because of this, fans are already posting loads of memes and fan arts of the two to hilarious results. Um, Quaxley's design just exudes sass and class. It has one wing on its hip and rocks that what appears to be either a vol voluminous uh, toupee or a stylish beret. Fans online are torn as to what exactly is on its head. However, whatever it is, it makes the plucky bird look like Donald Duck and also dons a blue hat. Quaxley joins two other cute starters, Fuecoco, a fire-type crocodile, and Brigatito, the grass-type cat. Uh, however, the resemblance to Donald Duck has appeared to set him apart from the others. Now, People Online has posted loads of memes and images making jokes about the uncanny resemblance between the two. Beyond that, fans are just excited about the duck in general. Quaxley isn't even the first duck Pokemon. There's also the water-flying-type ducklet. However, this is Quaxley's time to shine. So, um, this is we're like 24 hours when I'm recording all this about the new Pokemon games. I did see an extra day. You know, for those of you who know, I love the Pokemon franchise. I stream, I stream a lot of Pokemon over fb.gg slash live. Go give us a follow over there. We just finished playing a lot of Pokemon Legends Arceus. TikTok, I've been posting some more. So, you know, follow me over there. Um, so I saw, you know, I'm really excited. Um, the one thing that really annoyed me that I've not actually heard anyone else talk about with these new games is they, these are the only three new Pokemon. Uh, Sprigatito, uh, Huecoco, and Quaxley are the only three Pokemon that uh, are new that they shown us uh from this new game coming out we're gonna guess like november they always release a game in november which is cool because you know it's nice to know uh you get it um and then christmas comes around that's why they you know that's why they release it um what will you know more on that they didn't show the pokemon in their 3d animation they drew it in like hand-drawn 2d animation uh not moving or anything like that because i think i remember with uh when they released Sword and Shield with Sobble, uh, 
frog, not Roki, um, you know, with like Sobble and Raboot, not Raboot, Score Bunny. You know, at least showed those, and then the grass one, uh, uh, the grass one, or whatever. Um, they didn't show them in like the 3D. They th- showed them in the 3D animation. They didn't show the two, but they just showed like a picture, not even movement or anything, of these new boy, of our new boys in uh, in two in, in like a 2D animation. So I want to know what they look like in. 3d because until we get them in 3d they just look like fake pokemon to me um uh because i think i like i like way coco um a lot uh but it kind of looks stupid in 2d i'm waiting to see this 3d sprite um sprigatito has become an online i've been seeing everyone loves sprigatito online i i don't see it as that special it just looks like a normal cat that's green and then, but people are talking a lot of shit on Quaxley. I think Quaxley looks pretty cool too. Um, right now, I'm usually see. I usually every Pokemon fan, for those of you who don't know, they usually pick one. Uh, there's there's one starter type that they typically pick over the other ones. Like if you just said fire, water, or grass, everyone at least has like which one do you usually lean towards? Um, I'm usually leaning towards the fire types, but uh, you know a lot of people lean towards the grass. And a lot of people t- lean towards the water. But uh, it's not every generation I do pick that. Um, let's see, Gen 1, I pick Charmander, obviously. I'm a Char- Charizard, especially shiny Charizard, is like my favorite, one of my favorite Pokemon. Um, Gen 2, um, I always go Cyndaquil, but I have picked Totodile a lot. Uh, Gen 3, uh, you know, I usually go Blaze again, but I have picked Mudkip a lot. Usually, that one's usually 50-50 on my playthrough. Uh, Gen 4, Chimchar, but I also like Empoleon a lot too. Uh, but I think I do pick Empoleon over Chimchar. Uh, Gen 5, though they all suck, but I pick Oshawa. Gen 6, uh, I pick Greninja, obviously, Froakie. Uh, Gen 7, Rowlet, the perfect, perfect little owl, uh, perfect little owl. Uh, you know, Gen 8, Score Bunny, Chungus, Big Chungus. And then, you know, this one, I think, yeah. So it's going to be either, I think I'm picking between either Coco or Quaxley. But I would love to see them in the 3D animation because, uh, yeah, I think they, they're missing a lot not, not us not being able to see them in at least a 3D animation style. It doesn't have to be the gameplay style, but at least in, like, I don't know, the 3D forms because they're going to look way different because these cartoon drawings of them look, are going to look way different from what they're actually going to look like in the games. Um, but that's just my thoughts on uh, these new Pokemon starters. Uh, it's, I think Quaxley's kind of leading it, but until I see Fue Coco in, uh, if I see Fue Coco in 3D and it looks awesome, maybe picking Fue Coco. I don't know. Did you know that 40% of the food in the U.S. goes uneaten? I did, and I don't think that is very cash money considering $218 billion is the exact dollar amount being thrown away. But now, I know you're asking yourself, what can I do to help? Well, today's sponsor, Imperfect Foods, is here to solve that problem. Imperfect Foods is helping to prevent food waste, and so far, their customers have saved 139 million pounds of food. They're affordable and convenient, making sustainability more accessible. What I love most is that they meet a lot of different dietary needs. In moments I'm stingy with my diet, I always go full throttle on a low-carb diet. They can even hook you up if you're vegan or vegetarian as well. Here's the best part. When you sign up using the link in the description, you get an $80 credit. 
holy guacamole from the avocados you can get from Imperfect Food. That is an incredible deal that you should be taking advantage of. So sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Help stop food waste and get an $80 credit. Remember, when you use our links and promos, you directly support this show. You all know that I'm built different, but I bet you are coming to me to learn how to be built different as well. The only way to be built different is to get yourself some supplements from today's sponsor, FNX Fitness. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while working out as well. Another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter not harder. By using the link in our description today, you can save 15% on your purchase. So go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Okay, folks, so I'm starting a new series. It's a limited series on Cancel Schweezy. Um, Basically, I found this chart by a group called Faith Factory. I do not know who anything is. They have a website. That could be a church. That could be a ministry. Uh, they are something. And uh, today I wanted to go over uh, the uh, – they have this Christian band comparison chart. So uh, basically uh, from me growing up in the Christian church, um, a lot of times when they would exude cult-like behavior – Uh, They would say that you only need to listen to music that is by artists who are Christians or people who are writing Christian music. So there, there are. This list is good because it has people who are Christians, but they aren't uh, necessarily uh, writing Christian music. But uh, they are, uh, but they are technically Christians. So I'm going to go over here. I'm going to try to pull up the list now. Hopefully, it comes up here should see it if you're watching it if you are uh listening this you're really not missing much fyi um so i want to go through punk slash hardcore today on our uh today on our list uh to go over and see what bands we have that are uh we the mainstream artists so it's in two categories and all these are going to be in two categories one's going to be the mainstream artist and the other is going to be the uh the Christian artist that you can you can pick instead of uh, the mainstream artist. Now, there's a lot of problems here because there's some bands that are in both categories, which I know a little bit of the history of some of them, but uh, a lot of them, this is, is a very interesting. So um, let's just jump right into it. Um, the first band we have, uh, the mainstream artist, is Attack Attack. Now... I thought Attack Attack was a Christian band, at least when they were started. At least at one point they were a Christian band. Um, but uh, they're saying the Christian artist is at the onset Memphis Mayfire. Memphis Mayfire, I haven't listened to a lot, but I know they're pretty good. Three Doors Down. Now, I don't know who needs the who's looking for the Christian 
version of Three Doors Down, but they have it. Everyday Sunday, which is a band I have not heard of. A lot of these bands I've surprisingly have not heard of. Surprising. I know someone in the comments is like, I can't believe you haven't heard of this band. I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't listen to every band that has ever existed. I, I am I am sorry. Um, we then have uh, A Change of Pace, Number One Gun. Haven't heard of either of those. A Skillet Drive, heard of them. Uh, Chasing Victory. Okay. Um, those two do sound like one's a side project of the other, if I, from not knowing any better. Uh, Ahafi, very popular band, uh, since October. Um, which sounds like, some of these do sound like side projects of the band in question. Um, but I'm not here to judge a lot. Um, Angels and Airwaves, very popular. Tom DeLong, uh, the band Spoken, uh, is their Christian alternative. Uh, for you, and uh, so I know a lot of Angels and Airways fans out there. Why don't you just listen to Spoken, the real, the, re- the Christian version of them? Uh, that's what every band wants to be—the Christian version of something. Apocalyptica, that is, I am terrified. Okay, Atreyu and Underoath. Now, nice thing—I know Underoath is a Christian band. Underoath is actually on the mainstream artists as well, so they made both lists because they aren't Christian anymore. Um, but I feel like there is a big difference in the sound of Atreyu versus Underoath. Um, maybe like they have one album that sounds like Atreyu, but I would say Underoath isn't the Christian version of Atreyu. I'm just going to point that out there. Uh, we have Avenged Sevenfold and Spoken. So it's weird that, uh, wait, yeah, they're spoken along with Angels and Airwaves because I don't think Avenged Sevenfold and Angels and Airwaves sound the same at all. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's, I mean, there's no debating there. Um, the B-52s. Now, aren't the B-52s the ones who wrote the song Love Shack? Uh, let me just look that up real quick on the other, um, gotta pull up the keyboard here. Uh, Uh, Love Shack. Look at my keyboard's in a weird spot. Uh, yeah, the B-52s. I don't know why they're on the, on the, I don't know how they got over here. Okay. Do not know how they got over here. Uh, but their Christian replacement is Children 18-3. Uh, any big Children 18.3 fans out there? Well, you exist, I guess. Um, Band of Horses, really good band. I like My Epic. Sound, they sound like a band that has, like, one album. And they've, ne- they've only had one album. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm dissing a lot of bands I don't know. Why? Uh, but, uh, hopefully I'm not. <laughs> Bless the Fall, Chasing Victory. Okay. Uh, here's a good one. Blink-182. Uh, they're Christian alternatives. They have two. They have Hawk Nelson and Stellar Cart. But uh, that's the weird thing, because if you go with, like, Reliant K's uh, maybe first three albums, they're self-titled, uh, in tongue-in-cheek, not tongue-in-cheek, um, their first three, yeah, I'll just go with the first three albums. Two less Kamika, right? What's the one? Let's see. I can stance on it. Um, oh, I have iTunes pulled up. I can... 
I'll pull it up here. Um, it's uh, The Anatomy of the Tongue-in-Cheek. So those albums actually have uh, were very big Blink-182-influenced albums, but most people only know Reliant K from their album, mm-hmm, and that does not sound like those first three albums. Uh, so, yeah, that's probably why they didn't get... Because they, they sound like a ton, really like Blink-182 then. But Hawk Nelson... I wouldn't say Hawk Nelson. I, I see Stellar Card a little bit, but I don't see Hawk Nelson as being like similar to Blink-182 at all. Uh, maybe their first album, but yeah, I don't see Hawk Nelson as uh, a good comparison. Botch uh, is similar to Under Oath. Okay. Uh, Boys Like Girls and Cartel both had the same Christian band. Uh, nevertheless, so... I thought Cartel was Christian. They might not be, but they are, they're very, at least the singer, he's pretty clean cut. And typically guys like that, I, I get the same thing. I think we're like Christian elite or at least somewhat, at least at minimum former church boys, um, which probably is very true, uh, for both of them. Uh, but anyways, though, I'm actually might listen to nevertheless, because I really like Cartel. They're really good. Daughtry and, Decipher down, decipher down. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. I'm rarely listen to them. Um, okay, uh, I don't really consider Daughtry and the punk hardcore, um, but okay. Death Cab for Cutie. Morning September. Uh, Morning September does sound like they only have like one album. Uh, Dropkick Murphys. Flatfoot Fifty Six. Uh, okay, I, I, I see that. Drowning Pool and I am terrified. Uh, like when you hear drowning pool you're basically terrified uh 18 visions i've never heard of them uh sub seven explosions in the sky uh your memorial um and then this is the fun one they have two they have two entries for fall boy the first one fall boy meets beach boys uh, we have Reliant K, which I get the Beach Boys because there's a, uh, after two lefts don't make a right, but three do. Is that the album name? I have them pulled up right here. I have them. I have them in my iTunes, folks. Five score seven years ago. That's the album. Uh, that has a big Beach Boys influence, but I don't, I don't really see, uh, Fall Out Boy mixing with, uh, with Reliant K that much, to be honest. Uh, I actually love Fall Reliant K is, like I said, is probably one of my favorite bands of all time. Then we got Fall Out Boy and Morning September, who just recently got described as Death Cab for Cutie. I wanna, I'm actually going to listen to this band, Morning September. They sound interesting. Um, Good Charlotte and Stellar Cart. Okay, I that one, um, I do see, I do see a similarity there. I can, I kind of see that. Um, Halifax in sub seven. Okay. Hate bread and leaders. Okay. This one I actually agree with. Next one. Hello, goodbye in Hawk Nelson. hundred percent agree with, uh, with that. They do sound somewhat similar. I think, uh, I think Hawk Nelson has some good stuff, but I think I'll, I look back at a lot of that stuff as cringe. I know there's singer, old singer, Jason. He let the band. I like the new guy now. Um, as, as like a person, I don't know if I, I haven't listened to any of their music, uh, with him, when he became a singer, I just kind of stopped listening to them altogether. Um, next one, Hinder. Who's looking for the Christian version of Hinder? He's like, man, 
I love Hinder so much. I just wish there was a Christian version of that for me. Um, the Christian version of Hinder is at the onset. Apparently, that exists. There is a Christian version for the band Hinder. And, uh, yeah, so for that Hurts, the band Hurt, and you got the band Red. And I've heard of Red um, very much. Red's actually pretty, uh, more like of a heavy group, so... Um, Jimmy World band I love to death. Um, they they have three for this category. Nevertheless, a love not lost, and Southbound Fearing, which all of those band names sound like the titles of Jimmy Eat World songs, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Machine Heads, similar to Demon Hunter. I have a lot of friends who are really into Demon Hunter. Uh, I don't hate them too, but I'm, I can't really connect with any of the Demon Hunter songs. Don't think they're a bad band. I just I couldn't really connect with any of their songs like some of my friends could. Manchester Orchestra is a great band. And Sons, um, I mean I like Manchester Orchestra, but their fan base can be pretty uh, snobby. So I, I feel like the snob, the Sons fan base has to be even worse. Matchbook Romance, Matchbox Romance, um, Sub Seven, okay, Misery Signal. Your Memorial. Here we go again. Motorhead in Children 18-3. Um, they're back. What was the band uh, that was Ch- Motorhead, Children 18-3? Uh, B-52s. What is... Is there two different B-52s? Because um, I don't know. Um, this one's weird. My Chemical Romance is similar to Flyleaf and My Epic. I haven't heard of Epic, but Flyleaf, My Chemical Romance does not. Maybe you could maybe make a case for Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. You could probably make a case for that, but there is no way you could make a case that uh, My Chemical Romance, Flyleaf. You could. It's just I. They do not sound the same. Just going to point that out there. Flyleaf and My Chemical Romance do not sound the same. Um, we have Newfound Glory and Stellar Cart. Um, okay, I can I can see that a little bit. Um, NOFX and Sick of Change. Um, yeah, I'm surprised MXPX didn't show up on the right-hand column because they're, they've been very big in both punk scene, like the punk scene and in the Christian music scene. Uh, for a long time. I'm surprised MXPX hasn't shown up anywhere on this punk and hardcore list uh, on either side. I'm very surprised. NOFX, NOFX and MXPX would be perfect. That's like the perfect version of that. Um, then you got Norma Jean and Underoath. Now, Norma Jean was a Christian band at one point. And funny enough, they're now, I guess, former drummer Daniel Davison uh, for a short period of time, was the drummer of Under Oath. So very, very well made comparison that uh, that we'll say here that Norma Jean and Under Oath were both uh, put in that category. Uh, we got Pennywise, Sick of Change. You can see that. Plain White Tees and Reliant K. Now, if you would have put it the other way around, I would have been like, Reliant K sounds like a Plain White Tees. I'm like, fuck no. Um, I, I do like the Plain White Tees. Uh, they have this song, Hate is a strong word, but I really, really, really don't like you. That album's actually really good. It has Hate their Delilah on it, that album. Uh, but saying the Plain White Tees kind of sound like, uh, or like, hey, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I can I can see that. 
Queens of the Stone Age and Raids both sound like Project 86. Okay, I see that. I can see that. Um, definitely, I definitely do see that. Um, we got uh, Rancid, Children 18.3. I might just listen to them for the memes at this point. Uh, Seosin and I Am Empire. I have heard that they do sound uh, I Am Empire. I've heard they, they are pretty good for some people. So I might check them out. Sparks of the Rescue in Sullivan. Okay. Story of the Year. St. Louis group, Every Day Sunday, uh, Till the Day I Die, Heart for You, pretend that's about Jesus, um, uh, The Agony Scene, Demon Hunter, okay, The Almost, now, that almost did release an album recently, a couple years ago, definitely not a Christian album, it was just Aaron Gillespie at that point, uh, but they were a Christian band, and they have... Aaron Gillespie has written even Christian albums. Uh, the Almost sounds like Hawkins and fuck no. They sound nothing alike. That is a horrible comparison. Um, the Ghost Inside and Colossus. Uh, okay. This one's weird. Third Eye Blind and Red. Those those are, that's off. Uh, Three Days Grace, Decipher Down. Okay. Thrice. Now, Thrice is a Christian band. Their lead singer used to be the worship pastor at Mark Driscoll's church in Seattle back when he was a thing. Um, Thrice compared to I Am Empire, Sons, The Overseer, My Epic, Wolves at the Gate. Okay. Now we get to Under Oath is on this list. Now, they're on both sides. I guess they're like, if you're listening to the new Under Oath albums that they cuss in, you need to find these. But if you're listening these bands listen to the old Under Oath albums when they said they were Christian. Uh, the Overseer, Memphis Mayfire. Uh, so yeah. And then Under in Law, you got Red. Waverly, you have I Am Empire. Weezer. We got, we got Weezer on here. In Stellar Cart. So that's a, that's a funny... I see the comparison. They don't sound alike, but I see if you're like wanting to get something even close to Weezer in a Christian group, I guess Stellar Cart would be the best group. And finally, we have Zao and Demon Hunter. So, overall, um, a lot of bands I haven't heard of here, but the ones I have, um, I would say they're about 70% of the way there on uh, splitting, uh, finding the Christian version of a band. Um, but I bet most of these bands, if they had dignity, um, would not like to be considered the Christian blank of the Christian version of blank. And that's something I wholeheartedly think of, and I don't think they would... They have that. Uh, they have that feeling inside their their bodies. Feeling in my body, way down deep inside me. I try not to hide it. Go fight it. So now it's time for us to scrape the bottom of the barrel. Scraping the bottom of the barrel is the segment where we go over BuzzFeed quizzes and BuzzFeed articles uh, because we literally have nothing else to talk about right now. So, uh, yeah, um, this one. Um, is a good one I have here. Uh, if you grew up listening to emo music in the 2000s, I need to know if you're still crushing on these bands. So uh, let's get into it here. Uh, to start, Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance. Um, so he gives you two options on most of these. So it's like still crushing hard, so over him. Um, I like Gerard Way. I know he had like a drug problem. And so right now, if you're looking at him, 
he he's looking good and bad all at the same time. But like he he had a big drug and alcohol problem for a while. <clears throat> And I think now he's over that and he's doing really good in life. You know, My Chemical Romance is making music on their own terms, which is a good thing for any band to be able to make music on their own terms. They're not like working with a label or anything who gets to decide whether they do or don't get to make their music that they want to make. So uh, for Gerard, I think that's a really good thing. Um, so yeah, I'm still, I'm still crushing hard on Gerard way, uh, black parade, uh, welcome to the black parade. I think no, that album's just called the black parade It's one of my favorite albums. And obviously I'm crushing hard on Gerard way. Okay. So still crushing hard 40%, but 60% is so over him. Okay. Uh, Haley Williams of Paramore. Absolutely adore her. And she's not my fave. Um, I know she's had a lot of drama with past band members, but I've never had drama with her. Uh, if anything, uh, she was the woman I was in love with as a child. Uh, I mean, we, I mean, uh, I guess teenage crushes, I would say, yeah, hundred percent Haley of, uh, Haley Williams of Paramore. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think about us being in a relationship, but then also at the same time. I think we probably wouldn't be a good fit for each other. She drinks tea in the morning. I drink coffee in the morning. She's very vegan. I'm very, uh, I, I like meat a lot. I, I like a lot of protein and fats. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things like we personality wise, we get along, but I feel like life wise, we couldn't. And that absolutely bums me out. And the fact that I could never be with Haley Williams. Um, but, uh, and, and you know, though, um, I absolutely adore her. I'm picking absolutely adore her. And, uh, that's my final answer on that. Uh, 63% say they absolutely adore her, but 37% say she's not my fave. Okay. Uh, everyone, everyone gets, has their days. Uh, Pete Wentz from fallout boy, uh, love him or he's so last summer. Um, so I would say here, if, if this was like in the 2000, before, if this was before their big hiatus, I would 100% say uh, love him. But I'm going to be honest with you. Fall Out Boy now is just like, we want money. We will do anything just for money. So they've been making really shitty music. Uh, their album Mania, I think is their last one, was fucking terrible. Um, I wouldn't even put it on a list of I wish it was good. It's just terrible. It's just a terrible album. Uh, stuff like that. I just think kind of think uh, they're not as emo pop punk as they used to be. They're They're... They become a pop group. You know, I like pop music, but it's kind of one of those things where it's uh, it's pop in the bad ways. It's bad pop music. It's pop music that's just trying to make money. It's not pop music that's trying to make good music. It's that. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and as much as I I do like Pete Wentz and everything, but as far as adore him in that sense, he saw last summer. We're going with that. Thirty percent. I'm not the only one. Thirty six percent love him, but sixty four percent say he's so last summer. Brendan Urie from Panic in the Disco. He's a total babe. I'm just here for the music. Um, so, yeah, uh, he's apparently he's had some trouble. He said some transracial slurs, but I don't know. I don't know if he... If it was a long time ago, he probably didn't mean it. Like, he's come out as pansexual, um, so he's attracted... So he'd fuck a trans person. It's not a problem for him. Uh, so I think people are kind of over going overboard on that, but uh, overall... Even like their newer albums, even though I don't think there's as good as a fever you can't sweat out, that's gonna be a hard. That's always gonna be like a hard album for them to top. Uh, but you know, and then like an emotionally good ballad as uh, 
this is gospel. I don't think they're ever going to be able to kind of like top that. Um, so I think Brendan Year is totally babe. I love his voice. I wish I could sing like him, but not everyone thinks so. So I'm going to put he's a total babe. This one's pretty split down the middle. Uh, 53% say he's a total babe. 47% say I'm just here for the music. Um, okay. Alex Gasgarth from All Time Low. Uh, so cute. I've moved on. Um, I'm not the biggest All Time Low fan. I think I'm like Facebook friends with like their utility player in the band. Uh, but I mean, I like all time low, but I'm not like a big all time low fan. Um, so I mean, you know, as much as it, you know, as a lot of people would disagree with me on saying this, I'm going to put, I've moved on. Um, just because, uh, I like if I'll, someone's like, Hey, did you listen to the new all time low record? I'm going to be like, fuck no, I didn't listen to that album. Uh, but like, you know, someone play, brings up, uh, dear Maria, count me in coffee shop, soundtrack, waitlist, uh, you, you got me popping champagne. That's all you know. I'm gonna I'm fucking dig in that shit. Um, I'm gonna put I've moved on, but don't don't think I'm saying that lightly, folks. I'm I've I I just I'm just not gonna listen to their new albums. Uh, 24% say so cute, but 76% say I've moved on. Uh, definitely not. Uh, definitely not as good. Not as good as you want it to be. Uh, William Beckett from the Academy is, uh, there's one that says I'm swooning. The other says, man, I've never really been into the Academy is I only know who William Beckett is because anytime he does a solo show, it's like featuring William Beckett from the Academy is like he, he's not made his name outside of the Academy is like he still has to put from the Academy is on all of his show dates, uh, which is not the best sign as an artist that or at least a sign you want as an artist to have, um, that's just something. Um, but, uh, so I'm going to go meh because I'm not really even into the, the Academy is at that point. So, uh, 88% say meh, but 12% say I'm swooning. So, uh, yeah. Vic Fuentes from Pierce the Veil. Yes, please. No, thanks. Um, you know, I don't, not a Pierce the Veil fan, but I do like if someone's like featuring Vic Fuentes, I'm like, okay, I'm down, I'm down for this. So yeah, I'm going to put yes, please, because, uh, I do enjoy when he features on other songs, though I'm not a big Pierce the Veil fan in general. Um, still get down anytime he does a feature on a song. So yes, please. Uh, 34% said yes, please. 6% said no, thanks. So apparently I'm in the minority there. Uh, Bert Kraken from the use is worth the guy here. My emo heart is full and I used to crush on him. Um, you know, I like a couple of the Muse, the Use songs. I'm not as big of a fan as some other people are on the Used as well. Uh, I will go with uh, my emo heart is full uh, on this because he does fill my heart with joy, Bert McCracken. Um, but uh, I, I see something. This one could be different. Uh, my heart is full. 15% said my emo heart is full. 85% said I used to crush on him. So, uh, yeah. Tyson Ritter from the All-American Rejects. So freaking handsome. He's pretty basic. Uh, this guy, from everyone I've heard of, is, this guy is a total douchebag. And he looks like he has way bigger of an ego. He's like a very, very good-looking guy. I, I will say that. But also, apparently, he's not fun to be around at all in any circumstance. Um, so 
in that case, for my vote, I will go with he's pretty basic. It's pretty split down the middle. 47% say he's so freaking handsome. Uh, 53% said he's pretty basic. Okay. Uh, we're on to our last one here. And finally, Chris Caraba from Dashboard Confessionals. Like Carabas. Um, so sing to me all day. And then other ones all pass. Like those are two very different. Um, honestly, uh, I'll go to sing to me all day because back when I was a kid, uh, Spider-Man movies didn't have a post-credit scene. You just sat through the credits because Dashboard Confessional started playing. That's why you stuck around for the end credits of a Spider-Man movie back when I was a kid. So, obviously, I'm going to sing to me all day. Uh, 25% said sing to me all day. 75% said I'll pass. Um, of course, I'm probably going with a lot more on talent on this list. So, I guess that's all we have on that today. Um, what did I learn? Um, some of these, my opinions are very controversial, but I usually go with the, the, the talent of the music and, um, mainly this is the type of guy you're getting as someone famous once said. So yeah. When an enemy shoots at you, you pull out your Captain America shield. When Doc Ock attacks you on a bridge, you control the nanobots from your iron spider suit to control his arms. So why are you allowing all these websites to store your credit card information? The solution to that is today's sponsor, Privacy. Privacy is the first payment product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a physical payment card online. Privacy empowers you to protect your physical card information. Each merchant you share your card information with puts you more at risk to hackers or data breaches. Why not use a privacy card instead? By creating a virtual card with privacy for each merchant you shop with, your physical card is safe and secure. Privacy cards can be paused or closed at any time, preventing any future transactions from being authorized. Privacy cards can also be single-use, meaning they close after just one authorized transaction. One of my favorite ways to use privacy is for any service with a free trial that requires a credit card to sign up. But wait, there's more. By using our link in the description, you can get $5 to spend anywhere. That's money that you get to use. So start paying the smart way with privacy. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Anything can be delivered to you these days. Beds, bananas, bricks, and even boxes of beans. But what about alcohol? Yes, even alcohol can be delivered to you thanks to today's sponsor, Drizzly. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know it's saying something when it is being praised as the Amazon for liquor. Drizzly is my go-to app for getting all the booze I need so I can do other things. So using our link in the description today, you can save $5 off your first purchase through Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that it provides to its retail partners that allow drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the U.S. and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fee, so using our link in the description, get $5 off your first order with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Paolo... Coleno once said, the fool who loves giving advice on our garden never tends his own plants. It's time for me to stop tending to my plants 
and to help you with your life and give you advice on your life and fix your life for uh, the problems that you have in your life that I'm here to fix right now. Uh, so uh, let's just jump into it. And I need to turn that down on my end, but it sounds fine on your end. But uh, yeah, let's just jump into it. First question we got for the day. Uh, is there even any point in trying to get a girlfriend when you, you're, I spelled, put the wrong you're, below average guy? Like, I'm below average in looks, height, and personality. Why would any girl want anyone like me when they can get better options? I'm still a student with no job, so I can't even be a sugar daddy. So... Sounds like someone has low self-esteem. And, um, you know, when you have low self-esteem, you, you really think that uh, you, you, you sound like you have zero confidence uh, in, uh, in your entire existence. So uh, that is something I figured out from what you're having. Um, one thing, is there even a point to trying to get a girlfriend when you're a below-average guy? Um, yes, I feel like there always, there always is one, uh, even if you do believe yourself to be a below average guy, which I'm assuming you're not, you're probably just a normal guy, uh, who is on the internet and maybe, or most likely listens to cancel Sweezy. Um, you, um, what we can, what I can determine from what you're saying here. Uh, is you're probably fine. Look, uh, you, you always think, first of all, everyone, this goes to everyone, you always think you yourself are uglier than you actually are. You're probably better looking than you actually are. Uh, we're just way too critical on ourselves, and we notice the weird-ass things uh, that no one else notices or actually do notice. Uh, uh, and most of the time, you bring it up to someone, they're like, ah, I still don't see it. Only you can see it. So there's one thing there. Um... There's always, uh, you said your average on looks, height, and personality. I'm going to tell you, um, since it sounds like you're a man, or you said you're a guy looking for a girlfriend, for uh, that's a girl, or as Ben Shapiro would say, a female, uh, for women, uh, looks aren't everything. And the ones who, the women who are really into looks, it kind of even goes for guys too. <laughs> like, people who are really into looks are, uh, are a little crazy and uh, you should just avoid them in general. So you don't even, you don't want a girl like that. Um, when you get a girl, girlfriend, you said your height, um, the one, like, and this kind of goes like the ones who are really into height are a little psycho too. So we're about that. A normal one would either, would want $1 on them. If they're too tall, they're like, uh, got to settle for a shorter guy. Um, personality. So, um, buddy, I, I want to say you need to at least pretend you have some confidence. Don't, even if you don't, you got to pretend you do or else you're never, there's, there's literally zero point if you're going to act like you have no confidence. So, uh, first thing I would say is just pretend you have confidence. That's the thing. Um, I honestly, I'm, I'm kind of to a point like with confidence in men, I, I, I kind of believe that, no man is confident in themselves. We are all just pretending. Uh, to to be honest with you, I think we're all just pretending. And uh, the guys who are get the girls, like there's the few guys I would say who are pretending of confident who don't have to pretend. Like Brad Pitt doesn't have to pretend he has confidence. Like I'm pretty sure John Stamos doesn't. Uh, guys, guys, you assume uh, 
have empty balls. Their their balls have always um, semen is always being released from their balls. Um, the other ball, not the one the pee is stored in, because pee is also stored in the balls. But uh, the other one, the guys you assume that uh, never have to worry about uh, manually uh, getting rid of sperm from their the ball the ball with sperm in it, ball with pee in it. Uh, those guys, he's like, oh, I can't remember the last time I jerked off. Uh, it was probably uh, those guys are. Uh, uh, those guys probably don't fake confidence. Like, I don't think Brad Pitt's faking confidence, but I'm going to assume every other type of guy. Like, so, just the, the rare, it's a rare breed to not, to actually have confidence. Everyone else just pretends that they're confident. Um, and that's just, I think that's, I think that's a good life advice. Everyone is pretending that they're confident, even though they're not. Um, so, and here, and here's the thing I will help you end this on. Um, if you lower your standards, you can find someone. Honestly, uh, that's always like the worst case scenario uh, for everyone out there. And that's the advice I want to give to everyone. The worst case scenario, if you just really lower your standards, there's someone out there for you. You can get your penis touched, your vaginas licked, uh, whatever you're into. People, I don't give a fuck. So that's my that's my advice. I'll sum it up. Uh, uh, Pretend you're confident like the rest of us, and uh, worst case scenario, lower your standards. Those are always great advice. Okay, a second question we got. Are women in their early 30s considered less attractive? The reason I ask is that one of my friends who is 31, like me, keeps bringing up how people think she's between 18 to 22. Is that bad to actually look your age? Is it? Is, I was assuming you're trying to say, is it that bad to actually look your age? So, yeah, okay, so thoughts I would have on this. Um, there is a weird, there, there are people out there that they're into women who look like 15, 16. There is, there is some people out there like that. Am I condoning it? No, I'm just saying they exist. Uh, and they're like, just turned 18, all right, Le finally legal, and it's, and that's, that's weird to me too. Um, you know, there's people who are into women who look younger. Um, but here's the thing though. I don't know if that necessarily means, uh, that you're more attractive. Cause you mean like you meet people, cause I did, I try, I mean, I'm almost 30 and so I'm dating women around my thirties and I'm still finding some dimes. I'm telling you folks, I am finding some dimes out there. It's all about taking care of yourself. Um, I think if we're going to go with like to a history standpoint, I would assume, you know, back in back when the world was in black and white or the TVs were one of the two, um, not both. Uh, so uh, people, you know, people would get married young. And so and then, you know, after you get married and then you're expected to have kids pretty quickly after uh, you get married. And so uh, that would that would happen. And then and then, I mean, a lot of couples stop looking good after they have children. Many reasons. Um, there's a lot of reasons why people will look bad after they have children. Some people still look good after they have children. Uh, I would assume if I had a child, and I'm a man, uh, and, uh, and if I had a ch I've got a child, I'd probably balloon up if I didn't decide not to take care of myself. So that's just kind of the, the other thing in regards to that. Uh, People will, you know, get a little fatter, you know, and then tits, tits always sag over time. It's just, you know, that's how bodies work. And so, um, 
you know, there there is like a prime, there's a prime of your body, and a lot of people will say that's one age. Some people say it's like 25. Um, and so that maybe that's why some people think people who are younger are more attractive too. Or like you would think someone 18 to 22 uh, is attractive. But, uh, you know, you, you meet women who don't have kids or are still single, and they still look great, you know. they're Some of them are like almost 40, and, you know, they're, they're, they're fucking pieces right there, you know. Uh, so, you know, everyone, everybody's a little bit different, but I think, um, we're going to go with the general stereotype. There, there is the pedophilic, uh, stereotype, which is not cool, uh, which is not cool. We don't, we don't condone pedophilia here or, or and then someone's gonna be like, well, it's actually not pedophilia because you're not into like small, uh, kids who haven't hit puberty yet. You're actually into people who have hit puberty. So, like if you're having to explain that to me, shut the fuck up and, uh, let's get Chris Hansen to get you. Um, but, uh, yeah, so maybe that could be, like, historically-wise, we think someone maybe younger looks better is because they haven't got married or have kids yet, and, and there's always the fact, I got married, he's like, I don't have to work on being pretty anymore. So, I mean, there's a lot of things, some just beauty standards and stuff like that. Um, overall, though, us older single people look great because we don't have kids. I'm almost 30, and I don't have a single wrinkle on my face yet, uh, and uh, it's because I use moisturizer on my face. That's why it looks oily a lot, and uh, I have oily skin, so that's also one a problem too. Uh, there's a lot of problems, uh, but uh, I try to at least clean my face and take care of myself. And uh, no gray hairs yet. I'm, I'm worried about the gray hairs. That's uh, uh, I don't think I'm minding the actual gray hairs. It's just how it's gonna look with my hair. Because when you have like darker hair as a guy and you get gray hair, it looks really good. But like my color is just like I don't know. I'm probably gonna have to dye it at some point. Those will be the days. Next question, number three. Does protesting actually do anything? I mean, it's a marvelous spectacle, but it's not all that inconvenient, is it? It's not like when you make a cup of tea and realize after a ghastly sip that you forgot to turn the kettle on. Especially with regards to a war, I don't think many people are going to be bothered about a big crowd waving signs. Not when they pose no danger in any way. They might slow down a bus or two, but I don't think that's going to topple an authoritarian regime. Um, so, yeah, I mean, th there's a lot of cool points there. Um, I've always thought, like, some weird points, especially, I would say, like, twenty summer 2020, after George Floyd, all the Black Lives Matter protests, uh, and the riots, people were like, you should be able to peacefully protest, uh, but the riots, they're just making things worse, and then, you know, I, I didn't go out and protest or anything, I agreed with the Black Lives Matter protesters, but, like, at my, in my thought was that going out and doing a protest is not gonna do anything, uh, for anyone, it's just, it, nothing's good's gonna happen or come out of that, so, in my mind, I was like, I'm not gonna do that, I agree, but I'm not gonna go out and do anything like that, um, we kind of, you kind of have to think here, uh, people like peaceful protesting is because you can be upset about something and protest it, uh, but then they don't have to change, that nothing can change and nothing really happens. So you're just like being like, Hey, and, uh, I had a teacher in school. I took like my comp two class in college and, uh, it was basically a philosophy class to be honest with you. She was like a philosophy teacher who had to teach like one comp class. And so we were just doing that. Got to be in it. So, um, I don't know. But anyway, she was like, yeah, you just go Washington DC. They have like schedules for protesters. You have one protester come in then they come on the schedule. And it's like, at what point are you getting anything done? Um, you know, like when you're on strike and stuff like that, like you, you start a picket line, you, you're like, 
showing that this business is treating you wrong. And then you say anybody who is crossing the line is a scab. And so when you like, you know, like a strike or something like that, especially when you're standing outside of said business, anyone who crosses that line is a scab. And so you have, you make someone feel bad for crossing that line when you protest. So like Black Lives Matter protests, like it's not changing anything about police reform, like to actually uh, change what, what you have to do, you have to protest with a said goal in mind. So if you're just going to protest and then just like to wave a picket sign and then or a sign and then go home, like you're not doing anything with your protest. Uh, you're literally doing nothing. Might as well just stay at home and tweet some bullshit. You know, like you'll maybe maybe a someone in Congress or whatever will see that and maybe change a law. Like that's probably do a little bit more than actually protesting at some point but i mean people have other ways too so i always think if you're going to protest at least figure out a point uh figure out like some sort of uh plan you know boycotts i think make a lot of sense like hey if we get enough people to boycott something they're you know their business is going to go down and then uh if their business is going down they're going to find the reason why and they realize it's because of this boycott or whatever but protesting yeah a lot of times it's like you're just waving a sign and then going home and nothing is changing you know, uh, I mean, t I, I would say instead of protesting, I would always suggest to someone actually go out and do something that would actually make that would actually change the problem that you're going to protest instead of just standing around waving a sign. I remember all, I had a lot of people, friends in college who wanted to they, they wanted to all they did. They wanted to end uh, like sex trafficking, which, yeah, definitely there's a good thing. But all they did was like raise awareness. They didn't do anything. They're like, we're going to fundraiser to raise awareness. I'm like, okay, you're just raising awareness about the issue. You're not stopping the issue. So, um, I don't know, you know, uh, as much as I, you know, it's hard to say, it's like peaceful protests are stupid. You should write, like, you don't want to condone people to go out and riot and stuff like that. But honestly, the riots are how things get done. Like, do you think, uh, do you think, uh, like, you know, like, revolutions are started from people not peaceful protests they're not started from that they're started from uh getting shit done and even if that's kind of some, some dirty shit you think the boston tea party was a peaceful protest uh no i don't think they were depending on you know on what side you are on yeah makes a lot of sense so i don't know that's my thoughts on it i don't have like all the answers but i know that's like thoughts i've had in the last like two years especially on uh, relating to black Lives matter protests why do Christians try to convert people all the time? So for context, I work at a gas station and I am a member of the Satanic Temple. I wear a ring and necklace with Satanic imagery. I even have a membership card in my wallet with the seven tenets listed on the back. At work tonight, an old man, 75 at the youngest, comes in, walks to the counter and says, my wife and I are completely out of money. Can you please help us out with a snack? As someone who's fairly altruistic, I think for a minute and think about the first tenet, which says one should strive to treat all living things with compassion and empathy in accordance with reason. Uh, so I told this man, bring something to the counter so I can pay for it and it's all yours. He grabs a bag of popcorn and a bag of donuts for him and his wife and takes some napkins. I scan them and tell him that he's all set, which is when he says, thank you, my wife and I will pray for you. Do you believe in Jesus? 
I calmly explain, no, I'm a Satanist, but this first tenet tells me to treat people with compassion. And he then goes into an explanation about how to get into heaven and how COVID is sent by God because we're too sinful and how I should seek salvation, which goes on for several minutes, of which I calmly tell him I'm not interested. Eventually, he leaves after telling me to read John 3.16 and John 332. Uh, so I'm left wondering why try to convert someone who has already been kind and charitable to you, to your religion, which is some reason better. If the man had been Jewish or Muslim, I don't think they would have told me to read the Torah or Quran. It consistently seems that very devoted Christians are, are so concerned with converting people who want nothing to do with their teachings. So, um, Okay, so I, I grew up in the Christian realm, so I kind of get it. Um, so a lot of times there is this, there is kind of like a conversion thing. There's like this mission because supposedly I'm going to read a Bible verse I wrote down uh, for this very question. Uh, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. This is the NIV version for those of you who give a shit. Uh, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So um, it's kind of like this is the last command Jesus gave before he left earth conveniently uh, after people tried to kill him and then he survived. Um, so, uh, I mean, um, so, you know, you know, you think about that in a situation. So like, this is, it was a whole, the one of the whole purposes go and spread the message and convert all the nations. And so it's like that, like, uh, it's not really a, a thing in Judaism and, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe my knowledge is a little lack. I don't know about, uh, in, uh, Islam, if that's a big thing as well, uh, it's convert, convert conversion isn't a big thing in both of them. I know a lot of black people end up, you know, become Muslim and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's cool. Um, but yeah, so the idea, yeah, they're, cause so they're like, just because someone's nice and following it and doing good in the world. Um, a lot of times the Bible does not say that that will get you into heaven or is good. Cause you, cause like the idea of Christianity is, and we've had a lot of, uh, uh, hell, like being scared of going to hell kind of training and stuff like that. Uh, the idea is that like, you got to save as many people as you possibly can from going to hell. And just being a good person is not enough to get into heaven. So you get that kind of, that kind of rambling going on and on to you all the time. And so like, then you feel guilty, like, Oh, this person was nice to me. I don't want them to go to hell and stuff like that. So they're probably trying to do, do that to you. But, um, you know, and then also they hear probably, then they hear you're a Satanist and that's going to be, that's a whole other thing. Um, I know Satanist isn't like worshiping Satan. It's a, it's a totally other, it's a totally other thing that I'm not as well aware of. So I don't judge anyone who's satanic because in my, in my mind, even then still first going up, Oh, you worship the devil. Uh, and I, it's te technically not that. And you follow by your seven tenets and Obviously, it looks like you you try to be a good person and uh, try to be uh, yeah try to be a good person in all that you do, um, and yeah and so I guess some so people are so gung ho that's why Christians are very gung ho about it because you feel like you have to save as many people. Uh, a lot of times, pastors do it because they want to make a ton of money. What? Yeah, or sorry, religion is a great way to make money. If you didn't know. And, uh, you sh I mean, if you want to make, if you want to become rich and famous, uh, start a religion because it's tax exempt in the United States. And, uh, to be really rich and not have to pay taxes is 
as apparently a blessing in the skies, as some would say, a blessing in the skies. So, uh, what should I say to you? Um, keep doing you, girlfriend. I think you're a girl. You told me you're... Fifth question. A coworker of mine displays a lot of sexual behavior towards me, but doesn't want to sleep with me. I think. She pretty much is overly sexualized in everything she does. She will lay on me, play with my hair, always have her breast pressed on me with whether it's wither, whether it's my back or arms, has let me palm a titty and play with her nipple while at work and has made plenty of jokes about taking me to the bathroom to fuck me. But even after all that, she'll just up and leave and go about her day after she gives me a hug and says goodbye. And I'm not striving to fuck her, but goddamn, do some ladies just like to play it close to people they're comfortable with and just lay it on thick. I mean, mind you, I've cuffed or grabbed almost every inch of her, but she never closes. And I feel like if I try to, it'll come off as a pushy or assaulting behavior. So do I just up and with the mild fling I do have with her or should I go beyond my comfort zone and try to fuck? This is, that's a very interesting question. Um, so in a situation like you're in, um, the females or women as normal people will call them, um, they would do flirty type stuff or whatever the hell she's doing. I've never seen a woman do that who doesn't want to fuck. Uh, th there's, there's two types of, they're doing it for two reasons. One, they want to fuck. And the other reason, they really, really want attention. And uh, it sounds like they're doing pick-me-girl type of attention uh, from what they're doing. Like, she's letting you grab her tits and everything. Did you play her finger her or anything? Uh, I don't think. Uh, is it something? Okay, so she's just like, yeah. Maybe she's the woman from before who has the, who was the, breast breastfeeding fetish or whatever um so yeah um the, the best thing i would do here um is say that if she's single uh you don't have to feel guilty just try to fuck you know just uh, be like listen if you're gonna keep doing that we're gonna have to go for it uh you know sometimes just be playful about that and then uh then uh see what happens um but uh if she's dating someone she really needs attention and uh if she's if she if she doesn't want to close the deal with uh she doesn't want to go full throttle. Uh, Let's go full throttle. And, uh, you know, get your dick wet. Can I put my balls in your jaw, your jaw, balls in your jaw? Can I, can I, can I, can I, can I put my balls in your jaw? Um, she doesn't want to let you put her your balls in her jaw. Um I would say you should probably just leave her alone because she's because women who need attention that bad, uh, there's a lot going on with them. Uh, uh, and you're like, give us some examples. Um, and that's the thing, though. There's too many examples. Uh, uh, weird life with her boyfriend. Her boyfriend's weird. Doesn't give her attention. Daddy issues. So it's just a good idea to stay away from them. That's just cra like scraping the surface on shit like that. Um, so my, my either either have a fuck buddy or, uh, just uh, forget about it because, uh, she's just really begging for attention. Uh, just classic pick me girl, uh, behavior. So yeah. 
Sixth question. Is Bowling for Soup actually bad music or ska? I like how it's, is it bad music or is it just ska? Um, what? Uh, so my partner refuses to listen to them because they're ska, but I don't think so. I want to know, won't change that I still think 1985 is a banger, but I need to know. I've actually been listening to, uh, that's probably why I pulled this question. I've been listening to uh, Bowling for Soup a lot in the last couple weeks, and uh, I think Bowling for Soup is really great. And... Uh, <coughs> fantastic fantastic group um are they ska first off we're going to answer that question they're fucking not ska i don't think your girlfriend or your partner as you say thinks that uh, i don't know i don't really think you're a guy uh i don't think your partner knows what ska is one they don't have horns in their band uh to be ska you necessarily i would say to be ska you have to have it has to be like punk rock with horns not unless, you can you can do punk rock and have horns. You can't make ska without horns. If that makes sense. Uh, and so they don't have they don't have horns. They don't necessarily go for the necessary style of what ska is. If you it's you have to talk about evolution of music if you really want to go into details. But uh, I don't know if anyone who thinks Bowling for Soup is ska music. They're definitely pop punk. If anything of that. So most people would consider. Uh, Bowling for Soup, pop punk, and uh, or punk or rock, um, they would never consider under the genre of ska. Ska uh, both has a musical styling and sound, along with kind of a, a visual appearance that goes along with it too. So Bowling for Soup is definitely 100% not ska. Um, is Bowling for Soup bad music? No, I don't think they're they make bad music at all. I think they make very clever music. Kind of seems like their newer stuff is more like dad dad rock, if that makes a little bit of sense. Um, more like kids can listen to our music too. And, uh, you know, they did, I guess after they did the Phineas and Ferb theme song, that's kind of like where the big change is. But, uh, the album, you know, almost is a banger. 1985 is clearly a banger. Uh, I've been listening to Ohio come back to Texas a lot. I've been really digging that song lately for some reason. Um, punk rock 101 is a great watch. So anything it's punk rock music. They even have a song called that, uh, Girl, all the bad guys want, or girl, all the schwoke lords want, as we would say on this show. So I think Bowling for Soup makes great music, and I think they have a ton of great songs, and so it's hard to make an example of them as bad music. Um, I mean, it's like people saying Nickelback is bad. I'm like, no, they have a lot of good songs. Uh, Trapped is a bad band. Megan Trainer is a bad is a bad artist. So, um, so I don't think Bowling for Soup is bad at all, and they're 100% not ska. If anything, they're punk, punk, pop punk, punk rock. Uh, that would be the genres that you would place Bowling for Soup in, uh, not ska music. They're 100% not ska. And our last question of the episode, uh, should I stop stalking someone after five years? That's rough, buddy. I was dating this girl when we were 14 or so. We dated for about six months. Then she dumped me uh, the most absurd with the most absurd excuse. So I snuck as a friend to her. Uh, and actually tried my luck two times after we broke up. Since the last try failing, I always stalked her from any social you can think of. Even found her LinkedIn, VK, and Niantic accounts. Uh, should I stop this? Uh, Niantic account. For those of you who need to know, that's the company behind uh, Pokemon Go. Uh, they may have some other games, but they're mainly behind Pokemon Go. Uh, so that's a question. Um, second of all, um, I don't consider online stalking stalking you're viewing public information that this person 
you're viewing information that this person has willingly, for the most part, put on social media. People are like, well, sometimes other people tagging and stuff. Like, you can untag yourself and stuff and ask them to delete a post. It's That's, that's not a big deal. Um, but uh, whatever they post online is online. I never get the idea of, like, if I look at someone's profile and, uh, you know, they're like, why are you stalking me? I'm like, I'm not stalking you. You willingly uh, put this on there. What real stalking is, is uh, you watching someone through their windows while you're outside of their window, watching them from inside your house or following them on their daily day to do errands. One, because that's not information they put out into the world uh, and definitely not information they put out into the world for you to follow them while they do it. So we have to, like, if it's online, it's like people's like, oh, you just got hacked. I'm like, no, you got to my Facebook page uh, with me logged into it. That's not what hacking is. Uh, hacking is a whole whole other whole other system. Uh, so, um, so you're not s- technically stalking this person. You are, uh, following her very closely on social media. If you're following her in person, uh, the, the thing I would tell you is stop that. Stop it now. Stop. You are embarrassing yourself. Uh, be gone, fuck! and tell her that because you don't want to be around her. Uh, in regards to the online stalking that you're saying you're doing, it's been five years, bro. Uh, I don't think you have a chance with her anymore. I think it's over between the two of you. Uh, I think the more you follow her is... Congratulations, you played yourself. The more you play yourself, and, uh, you know, you, you don't play yourself. That's the thing. You don't play yourself. So I would say stop that shit as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, just give up, because sometimes women aren't... Some Most women aren't worth it to be honest with you. I've been with women who have been worth it or almost had women. Almost had them, but I guess that doesn't cut it. Um, and they may have been worth it, but not anymore. Um, so, yeah, buddy. Uh, so, yeah, I think you should leave this poor woman alone. And uh, maybe you should go to therapy, too. I'm going gonna, I'm I'm gonna to suggest therapy as well. So, yeah. And uh, with all that being said, this is we're ending another episode of Cancel Shweezy. Uh, next week, we have our 69th episode. Nice. Hopefully, I figure out something special to put on there. Uh, but well, besides that, we end this episode now. So thank you so much for checking out Cancel Shweezy, this episode of Cancel Shweezy. Uh, literally our best episode ever and also known as the Lord's Trademark Favorite Podcast. Make sure you go follow me on your social medias. That's at the Shweezy everywhere. And follow my music under Shweezy. Go listen to that now. The episode's over, so you're going to have to go listen to that now. Um, you can also go subscribe to our new uh, g- gaming or slash live page fb.gg slash shweezy live uh that we can go follow me uh, as i'm gonna play majora's mask soon and you want to check those out uh you can also financially support the show on patreon uh great way to say thank you for being a friend and let's ne- let's never forget the free shit you can do if you're watching the show on youtube you made it this far thank you make sure you smash that subscribe button because you clearly like the show uh leave us a comment uh if you like the have anything interesting you'd like to say, uh, like the episode when we post our highlights, share those with your friends, help we infiltrate algorithms and grow our audience. 
Um, be, have your friends become Shul Chords as well. Uh, like I said, if you're on the audio-only platforms, obviously uh, share with your friends. Like, obviously uh, subscribe to it. I know some of you commute and everything. That way you never miss an episode when we leave it. And uh, if you really want to help us, what doesn't sound like much, but really means the world, leave a review, leave us a star rating. Uh, those two things are really helping us a lot and uh, really help us infiltrate algorithms. So thank you. Uh, Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Don't be stingy. So we're going to end our episode like we always do. Uh, Honk if you love butt drugs. And like always, stay awesome. Believe it or not, Schweg is in at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I'd pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. Hey, you just finished a full episode of Cancel Sweezy. Thank you so much. Wherever you are listening or watching this show, make sure you smash that subscribe button that we can get notified anytime we release new episodes. And uh, like I said before, honk if you love butt drugs and uh, stay awesome.